0: Who Really is doing a good job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team. They're running into a hot, hot team that, it, that just keeps getting hotter by the week. And again, it was a wipeout when they played up at the. Giants because they went up twenty-one to nothing and never looked it, it back. Would, I think up winning forty-eight twenty-six yeah. something like that. Yeah. And now this is going to be a whole different story. 49 is <laughs> the most dangerous team. Yes, I absolutely think they are the most dangerous at the end of the day because it's the defense, it's the physical aspect of defense. So overall, I just think they are the most dangerous, just how they're playing. What you gonna bring to the table tonight? Give it to oh, me, and I'm gonna do it to you.
1: They don't understand the hunger who's on my
0: go out! Oh time Oh, good afternoon! Good morning! Good evening! Whatever time of the day it is, you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Yes, I know there was kind of a prolonged, you know, intro there. But, man, I still get goosebumps when I hear Brian Dawkins' voice, man. I really do. It is just, for those of you who are able to watch Dawkins in his prime and those pregame and his entrances out of the tunnel, phenomenal. And man, it just really got the juices flowing, the adrenaline pumping. And uh what you heard, hopefully, I mean, I know the audio quality sometimes isn't, you know, spectacular, is all the naysayers going into that 49ers game, all the pundits, all the talk show hosts, all the talking heads. A lot of them said that the Eagles would not be physically um, tough enough, I guess, to beat the 49ers. That They were the most imposing physical team, especially defensively, in the NFL. Well, the Eagles certainly turned the tables, did they not? Who was the more physical team on that field? Have you guys seen any of the YouTube videos of what Jordan Maialata did to Mr. Defensive Player of the Year, Bosa? Not only did he pancake him on a play, But he laid on top of him like, I'm your book, and you know what. Trying to keep this a children's safe show. This Eagles' offensive defense, there's nobody that's been able to stop him this entire season. And that's the strength of this team. Make no mistake about it. Our offensive and defensive lines. And uh, but before I really dig into the game, I know I had a, a post game celebratory podcast was my last one, and it's been almost a week since I've uh, talked to you last. I was going to do a podcast a little bit towards the middle end of the week, but, you know, I figured I'd wait another day or two really kind of split the week right in half. We got another week to go after this podcast lands here um, before we uh, kick off. Super Bowl 57 between the Kansas City Chiefs and our beloved Philadelphia NFC Conference Champion, Eagles. Before I get started, thank you very much for listening. As always, you can email us your thoughts on the game at petwg at gmail.com. Again, petwg at gmail.com. You can find Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff on a variety, pretty much all of the typical podcast platforms that are out there from amazon music to uh spotify to audible.com to heart radio uh, iHeartRadio rather apple uh pretty much i'm on everything it's uh so you can find me on any of those but the easiest way to not miss any future podcasts of course is to make sure that you follow or like or whatnot subscribe um to make sure that you uh, don't miss any future episodes, I really appreciate that very, very, very much. All right, Eagles fans, uh, how you guys all doing out there? We're a week, basically a week out from our second Super Bowl in the last five years. I, uh, as I've kind of made mention uh, in past podcasts, I do have a, a side business where I do sports memorabilia and. Um, collectibles and i do shows usually once or twice a month and i got you know there was a good turnout today i had one earlier today and a lot of sediment i live in connecticut keep that in mind again some of you may not know that i'm not from philly i live in connecticut so i'm in the middle of giants and patriot land so there's a lot of uh hatred for the eagles from giants fans but i was taking a kind of a random feedback sample i was asking a lot of uh the patrons at the sports show today and I asked probably a good probably 20 people I would say maybe more you know a good good sample size of what they thought and who they were going to win and I was of course decked out all my eagle stuff like the eagles gear on my ad my, Jer- my Dawkins jersey a jacket it was cold by the way negative 13 in Connecticut when I woke up this morning negative 13 that was the temperature not the wind chill negative 13 degrees cold so um, But I have to say, I mean, there's some that just, obviously being Giants fans, they don't want the Eagles to win. But even the ones that said that, even the ones that said, I can't root for the Eagles, I I, don't, I hate the Eagles, I don't want them to win. They would almost always, almost every single one of them, backed it up by saying, but you guys are damn good. Or something that in fact, you know, that they just recognize how good the Eagles are this year especially the Giants fans, like our ass whooping to them a couple weeks ago, really uh, some of the Giants fans really were, that was like a rude awakening for them. Like they, I think a lot of those Giants fans were pretty confident. Like they actually were confident. They would at least give the Eagles a game. And if not win outright. And when the Eagles stomped the mud hole in their ass in that game, I think even the Giants fans were like, holy, I think it really smacked them right in the face. How good this Eagles team is. Because even the Giants fans, a lot of them today, were like, man, I don't know. I, I see you guys winning. I hate to say it. You know, I'm saying it. like I, I hate saying it. I hate to admit it. I hate the Eagles. But I think you guys are going to do it. I think you have the best team. And, uh, you know, uh, most people think it's going to be a good game. I, I think it's going to be a good game. I am, uh, have a quiet confidence about myself this week. I, I feel confident that our Eagles are going to play very well in this game. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later, but I just, you know, I wanted to get like a, a sample size, you know, and I wanted people to to give me their, uh, you know, their true take and feeling right now a week out of the game. And I think a lot of people, you know, they're not necessarily rooting for the Eagles, especially up here in New England, a lot of haters, but I think they understand and respect this team. And uh, I don't think from, from what I got out of it, that they would be surprised, even though they don't want the Eagles to win, if the Eagles win. So just thought I'd share that with you. Um, so I wanted to, you know, again, my post-game uh, podcast, I was uh, had a little scotch in me. Um, but really that was the first sip that I took on the podcast live. So. And I was kind of stumbling and bumbling over some words that night. And it wasn't because I was uh, – you know, drinking too much. I wasn't, I mean, I was really just, I just opened it. And uh, so I was just, I guess I was just like, I was saying, I was just flying high that night, you know, pun intended, no pun intended. Um, I, you know, coming off that win, knowing you're going to Super Bowl, and sharing it with you all sharing the excitement, you know, I was definitely, um, you know, probably didn't have my cleanest podcast, Uh, but who cares? I'm not, you know, not gonna dwell on it. I just thought it was kind of fun. I listened back to it. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of fun. I'm hoping you guys all had fun with it. I had a pretty decent uh, uh, turnout in terms of listenership on that audio, on that uh, podcast. So hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, if not, just go back one episode and you can hear it for yourself. But I uh, celebrated online. I, I should say not online, but I celebrated live on the podcast with a little bit of McAllen Scotch, and uh, had a celebratory toast to our NFC conference champions so let's get into the game a little bit i'm gonna have probably one more podcast prior to the super bowl and i'm gonna probably ask matt to come back on and share his thoughts um you know it's been, number one it's been good luck uh when matt and i have done a podcast uh, reviewing a game i don't know if they've lost the entire season when we've done that so just that alone i think i'll try to get him back on um see if we can get him on the podcast and he'll share his thoughts on the game as well. we will got to dive into the analysis of the game a little bit, a uh, little bit more deeper into the matchups. Um, but I'm going to talk about, I know I alluded to it in my last podcast and that is my thoughts on Andy Reed. Cause there's a, there's some big storylines in this Super Bowl. you know, for the average fan who really has no skin in the game, you know um, there's some really interesting uh, threads in this game. Uh, that are just going to be kind of human interest stories. And that is, of course, Andy Reid coaching against his former team, the Eagles. And the Eagles facing off, you know, against their former head coach. And Sirianni was actually on the Kansas City coaching staff at one time and was fired by Andy Reid at one point in his career when he was really young. So that's kind of interesting. There's even a Sirianni-Reed uh, connection And then, of course, you know, the big storyline, which is a bloodline between the Kelsey brothers, Um, the all pro, all everything uh, tight end of the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, and the all pro, all everything center of our beloved Eagles, Jason Kelsey. And they face off against each other. Uh, in the Super Bowl. So that's that's just cool. Both are great players. I have much respect for Travis Kelsey. I have a lot of respect for the Chiefs, and we'll get into that. I really do. I, I, I'm i not a Chief hater. Uh, I don't know if any Eagle fans out there are, you know, dislike the Chiefs. Um, it seems like a lot of uh, AFC teams don't like the Chiefs, specifically the Patriots. Like I ran into a lot of Patriots fans today that don't like the Chiefs because they are – you know why? Because they don't want Mahomes being talked in the same sentence as – their beloved, you know, Lord, God, and Savior, Tom Brady, which the guy is tremendously over. Well, I can't say tremendously overrated, but Tom Brady is overrated. And one podcast, maybe off season, I'll get into that too. I have many reasons to talk about Tom Brady. Not taken away from his greatness. I'm not saying he's not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I'm not going to that extent. But he's overrated to a degree. And I'll get into that. But I'm not going to save that for another day. All right. So, Coach Reed. I mentioned on my last podcast that I was calling for Andy Reed to get fired when he's the Eagles head coach. And I absolutely was. In fact, I was calling for him to get fired after the year. He started in 99. Uh, I believe 99 was the first year. First or second year. I started calling for his head the year after the Super Bowl, 2005. And he went on to coach the Eagles for 14 years. So about halfway through his tenure, I was wanted Andy Reid to be fired. Why? Why do you ask? Because I do think that Andy Reid is one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time. I do. I actually think that. But yet, yes, I did want him fired. And I still, looking back, Want him fired, and wish the Eagles had fired him far sooner than they did. I still do to this day, no matter how much respect I have for Andy Reid as a coach, because his flaws, and his arrogance, and his um, inability to number one build a proper team around Donovan McNabb, around uh, uh, an offense around him, namely wide receivers. And his game management, which blew many big games for the Eagles, uh, cost the Eagles some Super Bowls. And that's why I don't want Andy Reid to win and beat us this weekend. He owes us a couple Super Bowls, Andy Reid does. Owes us a couple. So let's get to the wide receivers. This frustrated me more than anything, even more than his horrible game management. and Blowing timeouts early. Not running out of timeouts when he needed them because he blew them early in the game. And and getting calls in late and all that kind of stuff that just drove me nuts. The number one pet peeve I have about Andy Reid, and the number one reason why I wanted him fired, was because he refused, absolutely refused, to give Donovan McNabb wide receivers in his prime. McNabb was the Eagles' offense. For like five years in a row. It was McNabb and everything, everybody else. Westbrook came in and certainly Westbrook ended up being a big part of the offense as well. So then at some point it was Westbrook and McNabb that was the entire Eagles offense. But not once. Well, I can't say not once. But not until like, like year what, nine? Well, four I guess was, I guess year six. Year six, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. Year six. Year six into McNabb's prime years. He finally gets him T.O. Now, and then, of course, what happens when they bring T.O. and get McNabb a number, true one, number one wide receiver? Wow. They go to the Super Bowl. What a surprise. Could have done that three years earlier if they got McNabb a number one wide receiver. And then, of course, T.O. ended up becoming a big jackass and total buffoon. And, you know, it ruined everything. And then there's some morons out there, the McNab haters of the world that have no idea, have no football IQ whatsoever, that blame McNabb for the T.O. blow up. It was T.O., 100% T.O. And unfortunately, T.O. didn't last year. It, it's, uh, it was a match made in heaven in terms of physical ability. McNabb's deep arm, which was always dead accurate, downfield and, and T.O., they immediately were a star tandem. I remember the first preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. First play, 80-yard touchdown pass to Terrell Owens. And they were off at that point, And they were dominant, a, dom- a dominant tandem. Prior to that, here and, and through most of McNabb's prime years, this is who he worked with at wide receiver. Todd Pinkston, horrible. James Thrash, terrible. May Brown, Charles Johnson, Torrance Small, Hank Baskett. And a smattering of other ones. Reggie Brown was another one. Just Kevin Curtis. Well, actually, he had a pretty good year with the Eagles. I think McNabb was hurt that year. But just just run-of-the-mill, horrible. And every single year, Reed would not draft any wide receivers. Or if he did, he'd draft him in the third, fourth, fifth round or whatever. Todd Pinkston was like his highest draft pick, and he sucked. Of course, Freddie Mitchell. There's another one. Freddie, I actually think, had ability. I think he just was such an arrogant ass that he basically talked his way out of Philly. And he were, he wasn't that good either. I mean, let's face it. I thought he was, compared to what the Eagles had um, uh, as wide receiver, I thought Mitchell was one of the better ones. I mean, let's face it, some of the biggest catches in some of those highlight film catches are Freddie Mitchell on the receiving end of it. Fourth and 26. Who caught that pass? Freddie Mitchell. The Don McNabb scramble for 13 to 14 seconds on Monday night football before he launched it like 70 yards down the field. Who caught that? Freddie Mitchell. Um, you know, so he, you know, he didn't catch a lot when he was here, but he made him count. He made some big time catches, but nevertheless, he was a first round bust. But the point is Andy Reed continues to continue to ignore that wide receiver position did not build around McNabb, unlike what he has done in Kansas City. I mean, he just continually, he learned from his mistakes in Philly. And, you know, he learned. I mean, I got to give him credit for that. That's why, again, I consider him a good coach. But why he took forever to get McNabb any wide receiver uh, that was worth a spit, I'll never forgive him for. But like I said, he's learned his lesson. Once he got Mahomes here, all he's done is surround Holmes, Mahomes, with with wide receiving talent, speed, uh, tight end, just multiple speed receivers. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, you know, and then after he lost Hill, he brought in Smith Schuster and, you know, Hardman, uh, was it Hardman, Nicole Hardman, um, you know, Miles Scanlon. I mean, he's just given, he's given. Mahomes' abundance of wide receivers. All of those wide receivers would be the number one wide receiver on those Eagles McNabb teams would read. Every single one of them, except for when, you know, finally when T.O. got in here. But prior to that, every single one of those guys would have been the number one weapon. That's how bad McNabb's receivers were. And it robbed the Eagles from being, from winning those NFC championship games. McNabb, this is how good McNabb was. McNabb brought all of those teams, five of them, right? five and four straight to the NFC championship with that at wide receiver. What I just called, what I just named you, Pinkston, Trash, Brown, Johnson, Small, Hank Basket, Freddie Mitchell. That's how good McNabb was. And that's why these idiots out there that always hate on McNabb, they just, they just, whenever I hear an Eagles fan crap on McNabb, I just, I just know that they're an idiot. They're, they just have no idea what they're talking about. Number one. And they have no idea about football. They just are clueless. So to me, it just identifies me as an idiot fan. Um, so um, that's my that's one deal with Reed. My second deal that I re- reason why I wanted to get Reed fired was, like I said, the game management. How many games, for those of you who lived through the Reed years, watched them? Did he blow timeouts in the first quarter? First quarter. Sometimes in the first series. Like the first series they have the ball, he'd call timeout. Just blew timeouts left and right, which he would be costly towards the end of the game or end of the half. In critical situations. He would have no timeouts because he blew them early. And uh, getting plays in late, he did that often quite a bit. And, just, and then he called a stupid play every once in a while where it would be like third and two. And he'd call like a, you know, uh, direct snap to the running back who would then try to give it to the maybe a wide receiver. And then the wide receiver would try to pass it to McNabb down the field. I don't know, like a third and two. I mean, he would do stupid, dumbass plays like that, um, which made no sense. And, of course, he hardly ever would run the ball. That was the other thing. He would rarely run the ball. Everything was pass, 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 pass. Pass, 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 pass. That was Andy Reid. And that's why I wanted him fired. So there's my reasons for why I wanted Andy Reid fired. Now, is he one of the greatest coaches of all time? Yes. Did I want him fired after about year six? Yes. And every year after that, I wanted him fired. And I was happy. I was very, very happy when the Eagles fired his ass finally. It was just way too late. I wish they did it. Because, again, they wasted McNabb's career. They had one shot at the Super Bowl. They should have won that game against the Patriots. They were a better team that year. Uh, McNabb didn't have his best game. He threw a few picks in that one. Uh, but Reed didn't have his great game either. There was He was getting the plays in late again. Um, I don't know about the timeouts. Pinkston actually played well in that game, that 2004 Super Bowl. Which is shocking in and of itself. Obviously, To played extremely well. The Eagles should have won that game. That was they blew that one. They blew it. And That was also during Spygate, by the way. So who knows how much info that the Patriots stole from the Eagles back then? I know Jeremiah Trotter is on record saying that he knows that the Eagles that the Patriots knew some of their plays. So you know, whatever you know, and that's why uh, it, the Patriots are totally different story i'll maybe talk about them some sometime too but anyway we'll keep on subject here so that's why i wanted uh, andy reed fired um so that's it that's all i really have to say i wanted to just answer that because i know i gave a little teaser last uh podcast about that now let's get into the second big storyline of this game and that of course is the kelsey brothers um it's a great story. And I tell you, if you haven't listened to their, uh, their podcast, um, it is, uh, it is really, uh, a great watch. And, uh, new heights is the name of the podcast. You can catch it on, uh, I think any podcast platform as well. Don't want to lose my audience. So just make sure you come on back after you listen to it. Make sure you're still tuning to this one, but well, that's a good podcast folks. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just list, it's interesting listening to both of them, but anyway, it's uh, it's it's an awesome storyline. Both of these players are going to end up in the Hall of Fame, which is another you know story to be told at some point and recognized. Uh, but both are great. I mean, Kelsey is by far the best tight end in the NFL. Uh, he is an unstoppable force. He is so athletic. He's fast. He's got great hands. He's, he runs great routes. I mean, there's nothing he can't do. He's got a great quarterback throwing to him. He is unstoppable, and I think he's going to be the Eagles' biggest problem in this game. Uh, Not that that's a stretch to say, but he's such a weapon, and I'm hoping the Eagles have an answer for him to at least contain him. I don't think he can ever stop him, but at least contain him. Um, So, it's going to be so much talked about with the Kelsey brothers, so I don't want to dwell too much time on it. I just wanted to mention it. And... The next big storyline is the fact that both quarterbacks, both of the star quarterbacks and the starting quarterbacks uh, for both teams are hurt. They're go- both going to be playing hurt. Hertz has got something with his shoulder that I think is far more severe than the, than the Eagles have let on, which is not a surprise. They don't want to announce you know, really how bad his shoulder injury is, but there's no question now that his shoulder injury is far worse than was ever initially discussed and told. And again, I understand why. They don't want to say how really bad and severe it was, but to me it's quite clear that his shoulder injury is far worse than, than expected, and it wouldn't surprise me. At the end of the season, we get a little uh, notice or your little newswire comes across saying that Jalen Hurts it had surgery on his right shoulder. It's not going to surprise me at all. In fact, I almost expect it to happen at this point. Uh, he's, not, he's playing hurt. His shoulder is definitely not 100%. He's not been throwing accurately at all. I'm hoping these two weeks will really get his shoulder backed up to the strength where at least he could start throwing Accurately, because in the Super Bowl, when you may have to score and put up more points than they've had in these two games, which they are, because, you know, you're just going to have to. They're not, Both of these past teams just scored seven points. That's it. I mean, there's no way they're going to hold the Chiefs to just seven points. They're going to have to score. The Eagles are going to score at least 20 points in this game to win, at least. Probably 24, 27 points, if not more. This could be also has the opportunity, uh, to me, or potential to be a shootout win. I would not surprise me either in this game. Um, so to that point, you can't be missing AJ Brown down the field by you know throwing a ball five yards over his head when he's wide open. And he's done that two straight weeks. Um, so they gotta they gotta make those connections. They absolutely have to. And I'm hoping that Hertz's arm and shoulder is gonna be um, able to do that. Because they're gonna have chances to do that. I mean, they were open. Uh, they were you know Browns getting open against the 49ers who have a far better defense than the Chiefs do so there's going to be opportunities for the Eagles to score in this game and they're going to have to capitalize and they're going to need Hurts to be accurate and uh so you know i'm i'm hopeful that these this two weeks will get his shoulder at least good enough so he can throw it i saw him say that he was uh well there's been a report i don't know if i saw him actually say it that that throw against the Giants game to um to Devontae Smith, you know, second or third play of the game when it caught him down the left uh left field, uh down the left side of the field, that he wasn't sure he could throw it that far. That's pretty scary hearing your quarterback say that. It wasn't like it was fifty five yards down the field or fifty, it was about a forty yard pass. 35, 40 yard pass. Yeah. I mean that's kind of scary. That just tells you that Jalen is really instilling a, quite a bit of pain when he's throwing the ball with that shoulder. So, you know, let's just hope this two weeks gives him enough time to get that shoulder strengthened well enough, so he's uh, he's more on point with his throws and accuracy wise. And of course, we know that Mahomes is playing on a high ankle sprain, which. Anyone who's ever had one of those knows that those linger. They're those That's not a two, three-week injury. That is usually a five to six, seven-week injury, you know, two months sometimes, depending on the severity of it. Now, he's getting on it pretty well. Like, I, you know, it looked like he was bothering much more in the second half of last week's game, from what I could tell. Uh, he was he was able to step and throw and kind of even juke around pretty well without even showing much that he was injured. Uh, that's That's been high ankle sprain, which is really – Surprising. I mean, I'm, they must be shooting him up because you, you shouldn't be able to do that on high ankle sprains. So my my guess is he's got some pretty good uh, feel good drugs in him before the game. You know, they're shooting him up with some kind of painkiller. Uh, but in the second half of that game, he was definitely limping around. You know, and two week break will help him. Him, you know, be uh, in less pain for sure. But I don't. I don't think he's going to be hundred percent. I don't expect him to be hundred percent for this game. And if the Eagles can get him off his spot and smack him around, like we know they can. Um, you know, we're going to really test that ankle and see uh, just how how good it is uh, next weekend. So that's going to be interesting, just how both starting teams' quarterbacks will be playing injured. Um. Yeah, so I think that's all I really have to talk about that. I do have a word written down. I can't even read my own my own handwriting here. Uh you know, Pat Mahomes just in general. Then of course of course you just have the Mahomes versus Hurts. And when you're talking about edges in this game, you know, I did this last week against the 49ers, and they re- really had other than linebackers, that was their only edge. So, you know, and it came to fruition. I mean, they ended up losing their quarterback, so then it wasn't even close at quarterback. Once that happened, but the you know maybe they maybe you want to give them running back as well in McCaffrey over Sanders. I mean, that's, to me, it's pretty close. But uh, all right, I'm not going to argue with that. So maybe give a running back in line and, and linebacker. But that's it. That was it. And Eagles dominated that game. So you know, when I look and analyze both of these teams, I see that you know you got to give the edge to the Chiefs at quarterback. I mean, Mahomes is a better quarterback than than Hurts is. So. You know, you give them that edge there at the most important position, which is which is critical, which is important, no doubt. Um, but outside of quarterback and tight end, and it's not like it's a huge dramatic difference. It's like, you know, Hertz is would have been MVP if he didn't get injured. So um, you know, it's not a like huge drop-off, but you gotta give Mahomes the, you know, the edge there for sure. And then uh, tight end, same kind of thing. Kelsey's the best tight end in the NFL. You could say that Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, but the Eagles don't have a significant drop off the quarterback. They got Jalen Hurts. Uh, and the same thing with tight end. You know, the Eagles have Dallas Goddard. So he's one of the top five tight ends in the league too. So while he's not as good as Kelsey, it's not a huge dramatic drop off. So, you know, I, I got to keep that in mind when I – Analyze these two teams. Otherwise, outside of those two positions for the Chiefs, the Eagles have the O-line advantage, the D-line advantage, the secondary advantage, the running back advantage, and the wide receiver advantage. All of that. Advantage Eagles. Special teams? Probably call it a wash. I'd probably call that a wash. Their kicker's good. Our kicker's good. Interesting to see who punts first this weekend because Sipboss has been uh taken off of the or uh, you know he's in the practice window now. Now Kern has been not unimpressive, to say the least. So I'm hoping Sipas is ready to punt this weekend. Uh we'll see. Like I said, he's he's practicing, so that's a good sign. Um but like I said, it's Eagles. Advantage Eagles all over the field. Except quarterback, which can, you know, compensate and override some of these other areas where they are weaker than Eagles, no doubt. If you got the quarterback edge, and you got Mahomes, who's been there and done it, there's no doubt. If he's got one of those monster games in place here this weekend against our defense, which makes it hard to believe that he would have a really big time game. But if he does, then he could carry this team to win. There's no doubt about it. He's he's that good. You know, it's it's he is he is that good. Um, so, and then you get into, I want to just talk about and touch on Howie Roseman for all of the moves that he made and how they, he just hit a home run with pretty much all of them. The only way he did it was we're getting Robert Quinn from the bears. That's been a total dramatic failure. I mean, he's been absolutely nothing. They didn't really invest a lot in him. I know the bears are paying the majority of his contract, so it wasn't like they're You know, how he's really eaten this one. But he's been a complete waste. Complete waste. He's hurt again, by the way. He's got an ankle or something now. Just a total waste. Fortunately, they haven't needed him. I think that's the biggest, you know, that's the biggest deal with with that. But outside of that, his signing in free agency of Hassan Riddick, who has been an absolute beast, this guy has been unbelievable. He really has. I mean, we all knew he was a good player. You know, we were excited to get him. But as the season's gone on, this guy has just gotten better. And and he is becoming a destructive force for offenses to deal with. I mean, he is becoming, like, impactful, like Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, uh, Mika Parsons. Not that I really want to put Mika Parsons in those two guys category yet, but my point is he is having that type of impact on the game where you need to, like, account for this guy because he is destroying games right now by himself. That's the level of play we're getting out of Hassan Riddick right now. So it's an amazing – another amazing storyline. You know, local kid at the Temple uh, playing now for his home team, you know, Eagles, and bringing it. And, I mean, he is bringing it. It's exciting watching him play. It really is, man. I I was I mean, I was a fan of the move, but I wasn't like a Riddick fan. Like I was like, Yeah, it's good, okay, good with an extra pass rusher, that's cool. But watching this guy and the impact he's having, how he's just schooling offensive tackles and ripping and he's just punishing quarterbacks. That is awesome. That's like Seth Joyner type buddy Ryan defense, man. That's that's I love it, you know. You know, people are whining, and even 49ers fans, just whining. Oh, we didn't have a chance. You guys just played against our third, you know, our fourth string quarterback. You know, it wasn't a fair game. Now, uh, from what I remember, I think Purdy did start the game, correct? He did start that game, right? I think the Eagles punished him and knocked him out of the game, if I remember right. Is that correct there, 49ers fans? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. That is actually what happened. Yeah. And then your backup came in there, and he got his ass smacked around too, right? And then he had to leave the game too, right? Isn't that exactly what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, you forget to mention that part. You make it sound like they started off with no quarterback. Give me a break. I mean, I feel for you in a sense because it, it does suck having to go play, you know, an NFC Championship game with, without your quarterback. But it's not like you didn't start the game. Eagles pummel them. And injured him and unfortunately injured him pretty bad. He needs it looks like he needs Tommy John surgery. He's gonna be out for like six to eight months. So that's unfortunate. I feel I feel for that kid. I really do. But you know, them's the breaks as they say. All right, you know, protect your quarterback. Maybe you want to block Reddick. Um the other moves by Howie. James Bradbury, I mean, we've needed a second quarter corner to uh, opposite of Slay since Slay's got here. Howie he made the move for Bradbury. Thank you for releasing him, Giants. Really appreciate that. Like like that a lot. Thanks. So release from the Giants. He's sitting out there in free agency with like a week up into spring training or training camp. And Eagle sign him. And he's been great. Bradbury's been awesome. Really been a shutdown number two corner. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I mean, another amazing, you know, they traded for him, like, just before the first preseason game. Uh, Was it the first preseason game or the first regular season game? But it was late when they traded for him. And, boy, he's been awesome. Just a ball hawk back there at at, uh, safety. He's – very uh, versatile, too. He can play you know, slot, which he's had to do with the injuries to Maddox. Um, he's been awesome, and the Eagles need to sign him. You know, He's one of those guys the Eagles need to target to sign. Um, and then the moves that he made after the Eagles lost to Washington when they couldn't stop the run for about two or three straight weeks in a row. And he brings in the Dominican Sioux and, and, the, and then Johnson there to really solidify the defensive tackle up the middle. You know, and uh, uh, those guys have really just come in and just knew what their roles were because those are former studs, especially they got in the who's you know, been in the Pro Bowls and has already won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, certainly a name, named guy, first-round pick back in the, with the Lions way a long time ago. Uh, but he's just come in here and just, you know, did his thing. You know, it's been... Uh, it's really been how he's just, he's been awesome. Plus, you just, the AJ Brown trade, I mean, that goes without saying. That was just an amazing, amazing move for that, you know. And they have a top 10 pick next year in next year's draft. Uh, so, how he gets, you know, if there was uh, six stars out of a five star, you know, chart, he gets the six star. I mean, he's been, what he's done this offseason to build this team and get us to where we are. I mean, his fingerprints are all over this team this year. And uh, so, congratulations to how he's he is he is really, um, you know, he's really had the best offseason that I can recall. Uh, certainly with the Eagles, and maybe you know anybody. Uh, he's really, uh, you know, nailed everything that he's done. Uh, again, outside of the Robert Quinn move, that's the only one. It's the only a blemish, and it's not really a big one because they didn't eat much of his contract. So. Um, And then Jonathan Gannon. How about Gannon now? Getting some uh, Philly – I don't know what the word is. Chutzpah? Some Philly uh, energy? Some Philly um, verbiage? But, you know, there's video footage out there. Check it out on YouTube if you get a chance of him pulling alongside an Eagles fan, like heading to a game, I guess. And he rolls down his window, and he says to the Eagles fan – we're going to gut these guys. I think it was before the 49er game. I don't, they don't really tell you what game it is. But john that's what Jonathan Gannon yells to the Eagle fan. Rolls down his window, yells out to the Eagle fans, we're going to gut these guys today. <laughs> I mean, that's what we've been wanting to see in here out of Gannon. And Gannon's done a great job, let's face it. I mean, hes he really has. And I've always said he's a smart coach. I just thought he was just too passive. But He's getting the job done and he's, you know, the Eagles live the NFL in sacks. We're breaking records this year. And so it's hard to, it's hard to really uh, hate on Gannon. And I know that uh, I was critical of him before the season started, even early on in the season. Um, But hard to, hard to knock him right now. You know, basically anyone who's been criticizing him needs to zip it. Just zip it. And it also looks like he's going to be here next year too. So that I welcome. And I'm glad that Gannon's going to be back as our DC and I, Believe me, beginning of the season, I would never have thought I'd utter that word that I would be glad if Cannon's back next year. Really? Absolutely. So, uh, but that is the case. That's how I feel. It really is how I feel. So I don't know. How are you guys you getting excited? I mean, we're a week away, week to go. Make sure you all tune in. I'm going to probably, uh, wrap this up here, but, uh, like I said, give me a second here and, uh, Go in and like and subscribe, rate the podcast. If you got just two seconds to do that, it really helps the show. I would really appreciate it. I'm going to uh, continue off here because I know I did a little a prelude uh, to the show, and I'm going to end it with the same, just kind of just let it continue because it's just going to help get us hyped for the game. Make sure you come on back, all right, because uh, we will have a podcast. It will be the actual official uh, preview podcast we'll go over the injury list and uh you know latest uh, reports and the news up until the super bowl game you'll find it all here on philadelphia eagles talk with jeff so make sure you don't miss the next episode and thank you again for tuning into this one with well, that said thank you again for tuning in like i said we're going to finish off here uh with the uh with the rest of the little intro Get yourselves jacked up, Eagles fans. We're a week away from taking down Kansas City. Thanks for tuning in. Fly, Eagles, fly. We'll catch you all later. Take care.